More details about the tragedy in Tennessee come out, and the Democrats have a bit of an issue on their hands. Uh, because the story of Tennessee bucks the narrative, the left jumps on it from a different direction, and Greta joins the elite class. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So, yesterday we talked about uh, the attack in Nashville on a Catholic school called Covenant School that left three kids and three adults dead. The shooter was identified as a woman. To give you an idea of how rare this is, this is only the fifth mass shooter in the history of the United States. Now, Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire tweeted his surprise that a woman could have done this. Well, surprise, surprise, surprise. She does uh, identify as transgender, yes. Is there a that how she identifies is, has any motive for targeting the school? Uh, we can give you that at a later time. There is uh, some theory to that. We're investigating all the leads, and once we know exactly, we'll let you know. So and I'm sorry. She identifies as a transgender man or woman? Uh, woman. All right. So, <laughs> so essentially what this person was. This person was a woman that identified as a man. So you, you heard the video clip and there was some confusion. Was this a trans man or a trans woman? It was a trans man, a woman who identifies as a man. If you go to my blog, you'll see I listed the opposite because he identified her as a trans woman, which would be a man who thinks he's a woman. Well, he's not. This is a, a woman who identified as a man. Uh, she apparently left a manifesto. She was definitely nuts. She targeted the school. She had maps. She had a schedule. This was all set up. And finally, according to the police, this attack was based on trans ideology. Now, he did not say it was. He said the evidence points to that, which would, by the way, make this a hate crime. I'd be curious to see if they're going to call it a hate crime. You could, now, when a cop says that there is evidence leading to something, but he can't confirm it, that usually means, yeah, they, they just need to go through it. I mean, the broad left a, a, a manifesto. Now, of course, this is leaving a lot of issues with how everyone is identifying this person. The cop here, this is causing a big problem in the media. Okay, so they don't want to identify her as a him because obviously this goes against their narrative that the poor trans people are always being victimized. That didn't work this time. Though they are trying to do that. And the media is trying to push this. So the thing is, now we know it is a gal. I, I'm still, the information is still kind of cloudy. The, the captain probably got confused just like everybody else, but he basically used her real pronouns. He used her real, he used her, I quote, dead name, end quote. He used her actual sex. So he was, he doesn't buy into any of this trans crap, or he just, like most people, gets really confused about it. Democrats reacted immediately. They needed to establish a new narrative because this narrative goes against everything they've been saying for so long. Don't forget, 
This is a group that sit there, is sitting there and saying that trans people, there's a genocide going on. I mean, you can't name one trans person that has been attacked by anybody. And the reason you can't name it is because there have been none. If there were, the media would be on top of it like anything. We'd be hearing, it'll be like January 6th all over again. Bill, whose actual name is Jane, was attacked four years ago, and this is proof of a genocide of trans people. Well, they're having a problem. So remember, there are several, when you have these mass shootings, there are several narratives that they try to, they try to uh, promote. So if a white man attacks a black man, it's white supremacy. If a black man attacks the white, a white man, it's gun control. If a trans man attacks a white man, it's gun control. And all the victims were white. The um, assailant was white. So it, there, there's no racist ideology here. The problem is when a trans person does something like this, they don't know what to do. They have no idea. They, they went straight into gun control. Now, less than an hour after this was reported, the White House was already notified, and Karen Jean-Pierre decided to go out and establish that narrative. And what she decided to do is, it's all Republicans' fault for this happening because they're not approving any bills that would ban, quote, assault rifles, end quote. And by the way, I do that and put in quotes because assault rifles are not weapons of war. So an AR-15, you do not go into the field with an AR-15 in a war. It, it, you go with an automatic weapon, weapon like an M-16. An M-16 you could consider an assault weapon because it can go fully automatic. AR-15s don't do that. But that's the problem. It's Republicans' fault. Of course it's Republicans' fault. By the end of the week, it'll be uh, Trump's fault. And by next week, this will be a story that is completely forgotten. Okay, so here's Karen Jean-Pierre, just, she's so terrible, she's so bad at this, and one of the things, no, I'll, I'll talk about it after, let's listen to what she has to say. The heartbreaking news of another shooting of innocent school children, this time in Nashville, Tennessee. The president has been briefed on the situation and our team is in contact with DOJ and local officials about what is known so far. We want to express the president's appreciation for the first responders and prayers for all the families affected by this shooting. While we don't know yet all the details in this latest tragic shooting, we know that too often our schools and communities are being devastated by gun violence. Schools should be safe spaces for our kids to grow and learn and for our educators to teach. As you all know, President Biden has taken more action than any president in history on gun safety. From nearly two dozens, two dozen actions, including the executive order he just signed last month, or this, this month, pardon me, to the Bipartisan, Bipartisan Safer Communities Act legislation he signed into law after the tragedies in Uvalde and Buffalo. He also believes it's not enough. We must do more. And he wants Congress to act because enough is enough. In his State of the Union, the President called on Congress to do something, 
to stop the epidemic of gun violence tearing families apart, tearing communities apart? How many more children have, have to be murdered before Republicans in Congress will step up and act to pass the assault weapons ban? To close loopholes in our background in our in our background check system, or to require the safe storage of guns, we need to do something. Once again, the president calls on Congress to do something before another child is senselessly killed in a preventable act of gun violence. Again, we need to do something. Do you notice who she didn't blame in that whole thing? The shooter. And one of the things that annoys me about her is she's sitting there reading this. This faux outrage. If you're outraged, you won't need to read this. If I'm sitting back and I have, right now, I'm outraged about something, I'm ju I just talk. I don't need to sit and read it off a, a screen. It's ingenuine, disingenuine. And, and the fact of the matter is, do something. That is their thing. Do something. Well, the something they want to do is eliminate all guns. They want to take all guns. And only the criminals will have the guns. This gal, yeah, she was going to do this whether we liked it or not. We don't have, and we don't have a, a motive yet, but she was going to do this. And the reality is most of the mass shootings, because you, you hear this all the time, there is, you know, 1,500 mass shootings a year, which is BS, uh, the definition of mass shooting hasn't been defined, okay? Most mass shootings are done by illegal guns. Guns that the government didn't take off the street that needed to be taken off the street. This gal had mental problems, obviously. She shot kids. I'm sure we're going to hear in the coming weeks there, there were red flag laws that were ignored. There were there was signs that this gal was not sane. I mean, she was living with her parent or mother at the time or her father one of the two so this gal had issues she was not really all that stable and then there's the other question you know what would have saved those kids an armed guard at the school with a gun that would have saved those kids do you know who did it did what happened to make it that more people weren't killed because this gal had two ar-15s a handgun, and a pistol. Do you know what stopped her? Police with guns. Maybe that would have been something we need to think about. Maybe we need to think about locking down these schools. Here's the reality. We are going to hear this gal was, was messed up in the head. We're going to hear about it. Yes, she never had a record. Yes, she never was put in a mental institution. But if you take this much time to write a manifesto, chances are you probably were showing signs of mental degradation. And the government sucks at everything. All these red flag laws they want to throw up there, those red flags laws are made for legal gun users, legal gun holders. They're not going to be made for the mentally insane. The background checks, those are for legal gun users because legal gun holders are going to comply. This gal wanted to kill people. She was never going to comply. But, you know, hey, the goal of the Democrats is to take away rights. It's never to give rights. And you'll notice this. You can, you can see this. The, I mean, the Border Patrol, 
They cut border patrol, but, you know, they added 87,000 IRS agents. Why? To take your money. The Democrats never are about freedom. They're about restricting freedom. Now, Joe Biden, about 20 minutes later, went out. I guess there was some sort of meeting they were having. And so Joe Biden decided to come down and address the issue. His opening remarks really show a lot about this guy. And I, I, he does this all the time. And I'm not sure if he does it because he's senile or because he just doesn't care. My vote is he doesn't care because he's been saying crap like this his entire political career. And it makes it very hard to take his statements seriously after he introduces himself like this. Let's listen. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. This is... Six people are dead. Three of those six are kids. And he's going to make a joke about chocolate chip ice cream before his comments. Question, if six trans people were killed by a right winger, do you think he'd be joking about it? Or he'd be serious as sin? Because trans people are on his side and he wouldn't want to piss them off. But let's face it, these are six Catholics died. Who cares? Right? But in all, how seriously can you take this guy? How seriously can you take his policies or anything else if he can make a joke about it before? He, and he does this all the time. Remember when the 13 American soldiers were killed in Afghanistan because of his effed up pullout? And the, the soldiers in coffins were being taken off that C-130 airplane. He was looking at his watch. This man doesn't care. This man only cares about how he can make something political. That's all he cares about. Well, he did make a statement. And, oh yeah, he, he decided not to talk about chocolate chip ice cream, at least not till the end of the speech when he left. And he did that again, made another joke about chocolate chip ice cream. I don't know how many times he can think that's funny. Okay, so let's listen to his little speech about gun control again. Before I begin to speak, the reason I spend a little time in the kids, I, I just want to speak very briefly about the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. <clears throat> you know, uh, Ben and I have been doing this our whole careers, it seems. And uh, it's just, uh, it's sick. You know, we're still gathering the facts of what happened and why. And we do know that as of now, there are a number of people who are not going to, did not make it, including children. It's heartbreaking, uh, a family's worst nightmare. And I want to commend the police who responded incredibly swiftly, within minutes, and the danger. We're monitoring the situation really closely, Ben, as you know. And uh, we have to do more to stop gun violence. It's ripping our communities apart ripping the soul of this nation, ripping at the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter in this situation reportedly had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. 
So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. It's about time that we began to make some more progress, but there's more to learn. But I just wanted to send my uh, concern and hearts out to so many parents out there. I've been to so many of these sites, as Ben knows, by virtually every one. And uh, one of the things you folks should, I know you do know, but you should focus on. You know, just like when in the military, when my son was in Iraq for a year, other places, you, there's so many members of the military coming back with post-traumatic stress after witnessing the violence and participating in it. Well, these children, these teachers, you should be, should be focusing on their mental health as well. And so I'm grateful anyway. Sorry to start off that way, but I couldn't begin without acknowledging what happened. <clears throat> this guy is so full of crap, it's coming out of ears. First, his ears. First off, they didn't use AK. She didn't use AK-47s. AK-47 is what you could consider an assault weapon because they're very easy to make automatic. And they're already illegal. You can't buy an AK-47 anywhere. Okay. So first off, the soul of America crap, it's ripping at the soul of America crap. It's getting old. He doesn't care about the soul of America. As a matter of fact, he himself is ripping at the, every time. I, I, today, again, no mention that the shooter is transgender. No mention much about the shooter at all. It's the, AK, it's the AK-47s and the pistol that killed all the people. Okay, like the AK, like the AR-15s walked into the school and shot everyone themselves. I mean, I wish they'd go after pit bulls the way they, they're going after inanimate objects that have nothing to do with anything. He is, he likes this, this divisiveness. He loves it. He's perpetuating it. The problem is, in this case, it's his side that did it. And he won't mention anything like that. Next, he doesn't want to turn our schools into prisons. That really bugs me. What he means is he doesn't want to harden school security, such as adding metal detectors, armed guards, bulletproof glass, locks that do not, or um, electronic locks, electromagnetic locks so that when doors close, they lock automatically. He doesn't want to do that he, because he sees that armed guards he sees that as making our schools into prisons. Well, here's a newsflash. Um, Jewish schools have been doing this for ages because of the ongoing threat Jews have to face on a day-in, day-out basis. And those kids, they turn out okay. They don't end up having PTSD or some sort of weird... They actually learn things. They don't have to worry about somebody walking in. Why? There are metal detectors and there are armed guards ready to, to go at anybody who tries to attack a Jewish school. The reality is, if you want to stop this, if you really want to stop this, that's how you stop this. Because there is a reality that there are crazy people here out there, and they're getting crazier. And unfortunately, it's adults like this that are causing that problem. And he's not doing... So he's not doing any favors... And notice, he never mentions anything about the kids being Catholic or Christian. He just talks about the guns. So you had a leftist, and you know she's a leftist, who killed a bunch of Catholic kids. That will never be talked about. As a matter of fact, that's why 
next week, this story will disappear. Finally, I don't, he's so old and senile, he constantly lets his narcissism, narcissism out. He used to be able to hide it a little better, not great, but he used to be able to hide it a little better. He continually brings up his son, Bo, anytime something like this happens. And he always mentions Bo was in Iraq. And he didn't do it this time, but usually he says that, you know, Bo was in Iraq, he's a war hero. And he died in Iraq. Bo Biden did not die in Iraq. He died of brain cancer like five years ago. Bo Biden, yes, what he did, he was heroic. He did fight in Afghanistan, but let's not, or Iraq, but let's not crazy and act like Joe Biden understands what all these people understands. Understand. His son was not killed out of nowhere. The, the narcissism, I mean, the politicization of his son is disgusting. My son died too. And you don't hear me using that as a reason why. As a matter of fact, the only time I point out that my son died is when I'm talking about drug legalization. And I, I have to be careful not to speak from a position of authority. And I put that in quotes. Like, oh, I'm authority because my son died. No, that's that's the only time I really mention it, unless it really does work in the way, usually when we talk about drugs, because that's how he died. But to politicize your son like this, it's really, really disgusting. This man is a terrible human being. I, I don't understand why how anyone could have voted for this guy. Okay, so let's get to our next story here. Um... The University of Helsinki in Finland has soiled themselves pretty seriously last week. Um, I'll let Hot Air, a conservative outlet, explain uh, because it they do it really well, and it's a conservative outlet, so they they, they go to extremes. They're like the Wash, they're like the um, Washington Post and the New York Times. Okay, here we go. Uh, climate change is a religion. We all know that. The University of Helsinki has decided to make that official by giving Greta Thunberg an honorary doctorate of theology at the ripe old age of 20. Pretty sure she hasn't graduated from high school, but maybe I'm wrong. I thought she dropped out and became a, to become a climate change activist. Now that she is Dr. Thunberg, she can glue herself to a Volkswagen or something. Isn't that the uh, what activists with PhDs do these days? I'm pretty sure that the University of Helsinki is supposed to be a serious institution. They don't send degrees in the mail after you send them $99 or something like that. It is the oldest and largest university in Finland, and as far as I know, isn't run by complete morons. At least I used to assume that. Now I have to revise my statement. This is that. I mean, the whole article was really great. Go take a look at it. I have to. I have to subscribe to, to Hot Air because they're really funny. They're Babylon B, but they talk about real news. So this is. There are some secrets with Helsinki giving Greta Thunberg a theology degree, an honorary theology degree. Um, climate change is not a science. It never has been. It's been a religion since the fifties. It has its own holidays. Okay, you've got you got Climate Day, or whatever it's called. Earth Day is what it's called. It has its own belief system. It has its own faith. 
but the fatalist, it, but it's fatalistic, much like the faiths of Jim Jones or David Koresh. It is a cult, and it is a death cult. It has its own prophets. Greta Thunberg is one of them. Okay, she's just one of them. Al Gore is probably way up there. He's a high priest. And then you've got the guy who started this whole nonsense back in the 50s. He's probably the uh, the father, the founder. It has its own inquisitions. The Extin- Extinction Rebellion and Antifa, those crazy groups are ready to commit violence on behalf of the climate cult. Greta Thunberg also, Greta Thunberg, of course, is the high priestess, and she herself proves it's not a science. And I don't understand how people keep her on this pedestal. She never offers any support for any of her arguments. She never offers any science. All she does is scream at people. She just screams that we must have faith. If we don't have faith, we must be shunned. There are no alternatives. I remember a few years ago, when she was only 16, my stepdaughter sat back and said, have you ever listened to Greta Thunberg? She, the climate's going to end. I mean, this is a 14-year-old at the time. I said, yes, I've listened to Greta Thunberg. And then I put her on the radio, you know, did a Bluetooth thing on the radio, and listened to her for about 20 minutes. Of course, a prepared speech, because she's kind of retarded. I know I'm not supposed to use that as ableist, but I don't like her, so she's retarded. And she offered nothing but emotional pleas. She never gave any evidence to what she was saying. The world is going to end. Don't forget, this broad actually removed a tweet saying the earth is going to end by 2023. She removed the tweet. Now, the Thunberg people say, well, the tweet was never, the tweet was there. It was copied. It was screenshot. We've got the tweet. The post, thank you, the post millennial. She, she's been saying that the earth is going to end in five years, the last since she was 10. She never offers any arguments. She never offers any scientific proof. She never offers any reason. She just says 1.5 degrees Celsius, and that's it, and she walks away. And the other thing that's really amazing about this Greta Thunberg is adult. She never graduated high school, she left at 15. She she and she she left school to travel on her father's boat to make speeches around the world. And we can assume that while she was making these speeches around the world, she was collecting money. By the way, her mother a singer, her father an actor, her grandfather an actor and a director. So we can see that Greta Thunberg has a lot of practice in drama and screaming and inflection. She's a little actress. She also has Asperger's syndrome. She's got a obsessive compulsive disorder and she has selective mutism. Selective mutism basically means that she'll talk until she doesn't want to talk anymore and then she, she can't talk anymore. She shuts up. She just wrote a, a, a book about climate change. I won't read the book. But basically, from what I understand, from reviews I heard of the book, it's basically just out there to destroy capitalism. And that explains, she blames capitalism on climate change. That explains why she never goes to China 
and starts screaming her crap at China, which pumps three times the crap into the air than the United States does, and starts yelling at them. First off, because they'll arrest her and they'll just throw her in jail. But the big reason she doesn't scream at China is she's a little communist. The reality is her parents probably wrote the book. We know already know they run her Twitter account. So she's just a she's just a a, a figurehead. She's just a, someone on a pedestal. She doesn't actually know crap. But she sits there and she's she's a face. That's all she is. And she's 20 years old now, so I expect her 15 minutes of fame are almost up. So the University of Helsinki, they've lost a lot of credit. They may have lost all the credibility they had if they're giving Greta Thunberg, a 15-year-old dropout, a, uh, a degree, honorary degree. Okay, I, I've been hold, waiting on this story, and uh, I'm thrilled. Finally, I get to hit it. So I, I bet you can't imagine what it's about. Everything is racist. We haven't talked about racism in probably four days or so, but I, I had to I had to I had to bring this up because I thought it was just too funny. Now this this came from some just off magazine called Afro. Uh, and it's basically just a pro black site. That's all it is. It's all everything's racist on this site. Well, here's something that's interesting that's racist. So let, let's let's just go through this article. I know I'm going to run late, but I don't want to hold this one. If you're a person of color, you know what I'm talking about. You walk into a coffee shop and your senses are overwhelmed with whiteness and you get a, the glare from the Karens. By the way, Karens is like using the N-word. It actually is a racial slur. It points to white women. So don't use Karens. Karens is not a good word to use. You might as well call a black person the N-word because that's the same thing. Continuing, the white hipsters, hipster barista lines herself up between you and the bathroom, ready to tell you non-customers you aren't welcome. Now, here, here's the whole thing. She's going to bring this thing up later about you're not welcome. And there's a whole problem here. It's white people. You notice the coffee shop's filled with white people? But meanwhile, the barista is set to kick a black person out for using the restroom. We'll get to that because she brings it up again. Because, because I, I thought there were no black people in the coffee house. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Um, there are plenty of people, persons of color in coffee houses. Do you know why? Persons of color like coffee too. And the the statement that the only people that work, and I'm assuming she's talking about Starbucks here, but it can apply to any coffee shop, any shop that sells coffee only. Yeah, there are people of color that are baristas, a lot of them. The, the Starbucks right down the street, I didn't see a white barista. I also saw a lot of people of color in there, including Hispanics, Asian, black so right off the bat, you see where this whole thing is coming, is going. 
So continuing, and by the way, the article doesn't have a set author. It was written by the editorial board. So I, I'm going to say she the entire time, because to be honest with you, it sounds like a she. If you have a white coffee drinking friend, he or she may have even let you in on the old coffee joke white coffee drinkers share with people of color aren't around when people of color aren't around. There are three things that are necessary in order to make a cup of coffee, and they are first a black man to roast the coffee, second a yellow man to grind it, and third a white man to drink it. I've never heard that joke before, and there's probably a reason doesn't seem that funny, but I'm not sure where that joke is. Please, in the comments, tell me if you've ever heard that joke before. Continuing, well, I'm here to validate your lived experience. God, your lived experience. Here's the problem with lived experience. Whenever someone says your lived experience, your lived experience is a perception, and you can mold your perception into anything. How about not your lived experience? How about if you have an open mind, you walk into a place and you see something, you can point something out. Just like when I walk into Starbucks, and I don't drink Starbucks, I hate Starbucks, but you, you walk in, I, I must not be white. Uh, you walk into a Starbucks, my lived experience sees only white people. Meanwhile, the other person's lived experience sees the Hispanic barista, the black barista, and the two black people in the corner drinking coffee. Your lived experience can change depending on what you want it to change. So continuing, every facet of the coffee industry, in fact, is rooted in racism. Of course it is. From the moment the whites viciously stole coffee from black and brown people to present to the present day Karen sipping her morning coffee, morning cup of white supremacy. <laughs> Let me read that again. Uh, to the present day Karen's, Karen sipping her sipping her morning cup of white supremacy, whites have been able to drink the fruits of our labor and our culture with impunity. Okay, um, again, this makes the huge assumption that black people never drink coffee because it's the root of racism. So here's some of the arguments she comes up with. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of a long article. But so she re the first thing is it's rooted in racism because people of color pick the coffee. All right. Um, most coffee does not come from the United States. As a matter of fact, only California and Hawaii export coffee. And for the most part, California has replaced coffee with wine. So no, there isn't a lot of places in the United States that pick coffee. The leading coffee producers in the world are Brazil, are Brazil, uh, I can't read this, Colombia, Germany, Vietnam, Italy, France, Honduras, Ethiopia, and Guatemala. I'm sorry, number two is Switzerland. Do you see something there? Uh, so of the top ten, two, one, two, three, four, five of the countries are white or white adjacent. I'm going to call the Asian countries white adjacent because that's what a website like this one would call them. So Brazil, yeah, there are a lot of people of color in Brazil and there is Ethiopia, but that's it. By the way, notice that's the top 10 producers of coffee in the world. Notice something missing? The United States. 
United States does not produce coffee. So if there's slavery, let's say, in Ethiopia, or which, by the way, is not a white country in the least. They don't have a white government. If there's slavery in Ethiopia, the only African country, isn't that Ethiopia's problem? And you can't scream white supremacist because there are no whites in Ethiopia. If there is slave, if there is slavery in Brazil to pick coffee, isn't that Brazil's problem? There are no whites in Brazil. It's all Hispanic. Latin America. Let's call them Latin America. Hispanic, I think, goes all the way down to Brazil. So what is she talking about? Because I like to drink coffee? Not to mention, Ethiopia's main export is coffee. So if the United States doesn't buy Ethiopian coffee, we're not actually giving money to Ethiopia. It's a stupid argument. Okay, then she talks about gentrification. Okay, she talks about gentrification in racism. Now, I was just going to add this, but it's interesting to listen to this. Gentrification means the movement of one group into the area of another. So whites moving into black neighborhoods, blacks moving into white neighborhoods. That would be gentrification. So this is what she said. Let's read. Now that it's been established that, historically, it's not been established by any stretch of the imagination. Nothing's been established. She is trying to link the slave trade to coffee. Um, the United States never produced coffee, so the slave trade in the United States had nothing to do with coffee. So continuing, now that it's been established historically, coffee is deeply rooted in colonialism and racism, you might be wondering what the next steps are. Aren't we addicted to the stuff? What can we do with our horrible knowledge? I mean, the assumption here, she makes kind of an assumption here. Again, there, there is no evidence for anything she's, she's argued. Nothing. <coughs> if, you think coffee cult, if you think coffee culture can find refuge in specialty coffee, think again. This might be obvious to some, but I'll spell it out for the folks in the back. The bourgeois notion of, quote, specialty coffee, end quote, is explicitly rooted in classism, but is directly linked to racism, a whole other and long topic. It's not just that black folks cannot afford specialty coffee, but the very acceptance of the term specialty coffee suggests that some coffee is somehow superior to others, an idea that is rooted in whiteness. Um, what? Some coffee is superior to others because it is. For example, a Starbucks coffee is superior to Folgers, instant coffee. And the reality is you're going to pay more for higher quality coffee. And by the way, this is the bigotry of low expectations. Black people can't afford specialty coffee. Okay, two problems with that. One, why are you putting blacks in, in the deal that they can't afford coffee? Two, it's not true. I see blacks buying coffee all the time at Starbucks or at the coffee bean or wherever. Bigotry of low expectations. All blacks are poor. All blacks can't afford uh, all blacks can't afford specialty coffee. I bet you a dollar the people who wrote this they can afford specialty coffee and you know they're not they're not they're not white. Continuing. 
Values like hard work creates better products is a white supremacist idea, is constantly forced upon people of color, and justifies stereotypes like the myth of laziness in people of color. Okay, again, this is the bigotry of low expectations. Blacks are lazy. She's saying it. No one has said it. I would not say. I would say there are a couple of people in this deal here that might disagree with her. And they're black. Michael Jordan. Oprah Winfrey. And if I sat back and I thought I could come up with like 15 others that have made themselves and it made no difference that they were black. Barack Obama. Michelle Obama. I don't like Barack or Michelle Obama, but the fact of the matter is they got to their positions through hard work. So are they lazy? And by the way, hard work creates better products is white supremacist? Isn't that kind of the goal of everybody? Black, white, green, or yellow? Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're going to say that that being black means that you can't make a better product, that's bigotry of low expectations. Okay, continuing. If you can't turn to a specialty coffee, at least you can support your local coffee shop, right? Again, hold on. The number one sign of gentrification of black spaces and black places is the new chic coffee shop, according to the Bitterroot magazine. According to Bitterroot magazine, quote, these shops seem to sprout on the corner of every neighborhood just as as it's beginning to gentrify. A phenomenon researchers are beginning to notice too. Okay, now this is weird. Because what it's basically saying is, in black neighborhoods, specialty coffee houses are beginning to spruce up. And it's because white people want to move into those neighborhoods. Okay, I got a couple problems with this. One, um, if coffee houses were met first off it's just bs but if coffee houses were sprouting up in black neighborhoods and because white people want to move into the black neighborhoods doesn't that mean white people don't have a problem with black people you can assume most a lot of black people aren't going to move out of those neighborhoods because white people are there and what is the goal of a coffee house is it to gentrify because they're racist or is it to make money? Maybe they're sprouting up in black neighborhoods because, I don't know, blacks like coffee? And they'll drink it? And they'll pay for it? Let's not forget that a lot of reasons that places open is so that they can make money. So it's a stupid statement. Okay, uh, continuing. That's not to mention big retail coffee and coffee chains, which are just bad as crypto racist crypto racist coffee shops in gentrified areas. She's just throwing a lot of words here. I don't even know what that means. At least white liberals pretend to be tolerant of us. Black folks are not even allowed to use the restroom in big coffee shop chains. As I'm sure you remember this from the tragic 2018 Starbucks story. Tragic. Tragic story. We'll get to that story because she she just this is complete remodding history. Two black men who had not yet ordered anything were denied the code to use the bathroom and then were asked to leave the store. They did not. 
The manager called the police, and at the end, the two black men were handcuffed and detained for several hours. Okay, she's basically lying. Here, she's lying. First off, um, the two black men were in Starbucks, didn't buy anything, didn't intend to buy anything. The Starbucks was crowded. They were sitting at a table. The manager asked them to leave if they weren't going to buy anything. They refused. The manager walked away. When one of the black men wanted to use the restroom, she said, no, you haven't bought anything. You should leave. The black man started throwing a fit. Both black men started throwing a fit. The, the white manager, who had, a, who had a button on her apron that said, Justice Warrior, called the police because the men were throwing a fit and they had bought nothing. The men were removed from the store. They were not handcuffed for several hours. They weren't handcuffed at all. They were just taken out of the store. The owner, Starbucks, and the manager did not prosecute. Nothing was happening. The two were basically trespassing. They were squatting. They wanted to use the restroom. So, her story here is just a complete fabrication. She's lying. You know, black people can do bad things too. It does happen. She concludes the story by saying we should boycott and divest from all coffee imports and coffee shop. This is what she says. But ultimately, and I know this will hurt, a proper commitment to doing anti-racist, there it is, anti-racist Direct action requires that we give up the coffee altogether, unless you're Ethiopian. So only black people can drink coffee. I thought black people didn't like coffee. I thought that's why coffee shops weren't opening in black neighborhoods, because black people want, like coffee. They were opening in black neighborhoods because, well, you know what, lady? This is typical Ibram X. Candy anti-racist BS. It was such a dumb article, I had to read it to you. It was just so dumb. I tell you what, that's what these people want, though. They want to make your life miserable. Everything is racist. And we're going to talk about it, because here's the problem the left is actually having. They're having trouble um, finding things that are racist now. So now they're just coming up with anything. We're going to talk about a couple of things they've decided to call racist tomorrow. I was going to add it today, but this article was way too long. And we talk, had to talk about the shooting in Tennessee. But interesting article. I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a lot more and see if I can find what else is racist from this rag. Because it's kind of funny. Okay, I hope you had a good day. I hope you have a good day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics.